reaching into our hearts, Lord, and doing a work in all of us. And we just thank you right now, Holy Spirit. We welcome you here to teach us, to show us things. Show us things to come. It's one of the promises we have with you is that you can show us things to come. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're on this journey with the bride and the and the bridegroom. So read scripture first. Of course this other scripture, but this is from Ephesians. Um husbands this is Ephesians five six or five twenty five through twenty seven. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. You know, we talked about that a little bit this morning, about how he's going to do that, and it's going to be through the transforming power of his love. Amen. So we want that, right? Okay, so when I left off this morning, we were talking about the bride, and she decided to to accept the proposal of her bridegroom. Says she says, I made up my mind until darkness disappears and the dawn has fully come in spite of shadows and fears. I will go to the mountaintop with you. I will climb with you the mountain of suffering love. And the hill of burning incense. Yes, I will be your bride. So she's decided she's going to to be the bride. Um, And the bridegroom says, Every part of you is so beautiful, my darling. Perfect your beauty without flaw within. Now you're ready, bride of the mountains, to come with me as we climb the highest peaks together. Come with me through the archway of trust. We will look down from the crest of the glistening mounts and from the summit of our sublime sanctuary. Together we will wage war in the lion's den and the leopard's lair as they watch nightly for their prey. For you reach into my heart with the one flash of your eyes. I am undone by your love, my beloved one, my equal, my bride. You leave me breathless. I'm overcome by merely a glance from your worshiping eyes. And you have stolen my heart. I'm held hostage by your love and by the graces of righteousness upon you. How satisfying to me, my equal, my bride. Your love is my finest wine, intoxicating and thrilling. And your sweet praise perfume, so exotic, so pleasing. Your loving words are like honey to me, drenched with worship. I want to talk a little bit about uh, this morning. Uh, about that scripture there, it talks about we wage war together. Uh, I'm going to see if I have that other scripture. Okay. Um, praise you, Jesus. We wage war up to this point. The bride wasn't ready to, to wage war. And, and you know, we don't wage war on our own. 
And when I say wage war, I mean do spiritual warfare. And on our own. We have to understand our position in order to overcome the enemy. I'm going to do just a little little teaching on spiritual warfare. You know, there's levels of demonic uh, work and demonic authority in this in the heavenlies. It says that that uh, the devil is a prince of the power of the air. So, in the atmosphere, and he's a prince of the power of the air, but he's not the king. You know, we we have the king, and he has already won the fight. He's won the battle. So we have to wage a war with him, and his victory. Right? We can't do it on our own. Okay, so. In certain areas, the enemy sets up thrones or strongholds. And uh, how he does that, he works. And this isn't all in Ephesians. If you want to understand spiritual warfare, go to Ephesians. That's the that's the uh, God's uh, instruction to the church is in Ephesians. So it, you understand that in cities and, and in Areas, there's certain strongholds. I mean, if you think about, like, say, um, Detroit, there's a large violence and murder thing over that city. In uh, San Francisco, we think about the the homosexual movement and the the hate Ashbury, the the uh, hippie movement started there, and different things. And in different areas, there's different strongholds set up, and what, I, what you need to understand that the devil only can work through people, through sin. People who are in sin, that's how he works, through the sons of disobedience. He has to have a vessel to work through. In and of himself, he can only bring fear. He can bring, you know, thoughts to our mind. He can bring fear, but he has to work through individuals to, to carry out his evilness. And so as sin is established in a certain area... What we do is we're setting up his, his, through sin, we're setting up the devil's thrones. So if there's a large area of sin, uh, and disobedience in an area, we're going to set up a throne through that sin that allows that principality to rule over that area. Now, does that make sense so far? Because it's just going to be a one-on-one lesson on spiritual warfare. So uh, we have to realize that the devil has to work through sons of disobedience. He has to work through sin in order to accomplish his things. And that's where when we sin, just like in the garden, when when, uh, Adam and Eve yielded to the enemy, they basically dethroned God in their life. And they let the enemy have the say-so. They didn't listen to God's word, what God told them to do. They were disobedient. So sin came in. So it set up a place in the earth for sin to have a hold. And God said, here's what's going to happen. This is the result of this. Now, God didn't want to curse. He didn't curse man, by the way. He cursed the ground. He cursed the enemy. He cursed the devil. And so, but he said, these are the consequences. But I have a secret weapon, he said. (laughs) And his secret weapon was woman. He was going to bring the seed through woman of the Messiah. So, um, and and he already had a plan in place to dethrone uh, the devil. So, 
But anyway, getting back to this, the thrones that are set up, there are thrones of iniquity or sin, which are set up in areas and over and over again, over place, you know, you, some places you'll see a strip where there's just like gentlemen clubs and strip clubs and beer joints and, and all kinds of things. And that where the iniquity is set up there, that's a throne. Those people are worshiping, basically they're worshiping the flesh or they're worshiping the devil there. That's, that's the throne that they've set up there and through sin. And they keep going back to it and back to it and back to it to reinforce that sin. And so those are strongholds that are set up. But I got to tell you that the people of God can set up thrones. And, and that's what worship is about. We are, God is coming to inhabit our praises, our worship through, when we praise and worship, we're saying, you're God. You're God here. We're setting him up in that atmosphere where his throne is prevalent, not the enemy's throne. Worship is our best warfare. It's, it's not that we, we worship to do warfare. It's that we worship the one who is above all. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, okay, I'm going to worship because I know it's going to dethrone the devil. No. <laughs> We're going to worship because he's king, because he is Lord over all, and because he's the great I am. And we know him as that. See, if we don't, just like uh, what Kalen was talking about, if we don't know him, we can't worship him in spirit and truth. Do you understand? If we don't really know him in an intimate way, we can't worship him in spirit and truth. And so... You know, people, we have got to begin to realize who, who he's created us to be and, and establish his throne in the area that we're at. We have, a, we all have a sphere of influence and, uh, and that sphere of influence is ourselves. We set up the throne individually and put God on that throne. We set up in our home that, that throne. And last year I taught on on uh, Lydia. I don't know if y'all remember any of that teaching, but Lydia uh, was a seller of purple, and she was in Philippi at the time, Macedonia. And Paul got a call from a, a vision that he had or a dream that he had that that's where he was supposed to go. Lydia, all it said about Lydia was that she worshipped God. I don't know what that looked like back then, but she apparently had met some Jewish believers, so she was not, the way I understand it, was not herself a Jew. But she sold purple to, to, to them to, they dyed their, had a certain dye, they'd used their prayer cloths and their, uh, shawls. And that was the dye, so I assume that that's where she got contact with the Jews and she began to worship their God, which was Jehovah, you know, the Lord God, the I am. And it says about her that she worshipped, that she worshipped. And it said that because of her worship, God sent Paul to that area. And it was the first to even to go into Asia, the first uh, of the gospel to, to happen because, because of one woman who was worshipping. Now, I'm sure there were others, but if the Bible has her in there, if the Bible has her in there, it's important to note that she 
was uh, noted that she was a worshiper and that Paul went to the place of prayer because they didn't have a synagogue there. But it says he went, he, he apparently went into the area and he was looking for a place to contact believers. And he found out it was near the river. It was a place of prayer. And so there he met Lydia. And, and here's what happened. Lydia worshiped God and all that she knew about God, which we don't, she didn't know about Jesus then. So, so, uh, Paul goes and it says that there was a place of prayer and they were all in prayer there. The women mainly were there worshiping and praying and her worshiping brought the gospel not only to that area, but to her household. It says that her household was saved. Her household was saved. Now, that's how you get God on the spot, by reaching out and worshiping. That's how he comes to you, to your area. And that's how he He tears down those strongholds. And the gospel came to Lydia. She came to know the God, the God the, the the Messiah came out of uh, Jesus Christ, and uh, and so her whole household was set free. That's the power of a worshiping woman, and really that was our message last year. Wow, women of worship, and that is something that we really need to uh, continue to get a hold of. Is the power that comes from knowing God and putting Him on the throne of our lives. And uh, in the probably the most powerful time of worship is whenever we don't feel like it. You know, in fact, a lot of times we don't feel like it, but that may be the, the, the one time that God, I mean, not the one time, but that's where we get the greatest victory. When we can put God on the throne above our circumstances, above our situation, and he begins to work in our behalf. Because that's saying, God, you're in charge of this situation. And I'm going to worship you. And so the power is in that. And then this scripture, it says that Jesus, or uh, the bridegroom says, uh, come with me through the archway of trust. Now we have to, that's how we get there, through trusting, right? We will look down from the crest of the glistening mounts and from the summit of our sublime sanctuary. Together, together we will wage war. There's a scripture in Ephesians that says, he has seated me in the heavenlies, far above every spiritual wickedness, every principality, every power. We are seated with Christ Jesus. That's our position that we have to learn to take in prayer as well as worship. We don't pray from down here. We pray from up here. And when we worship, we ascend to that place of positioning and learning and then God begins to minister and enlighten our minds to who God, who he is, who Jesus is. Things begin to come to us about the victory that he is and, and as we begin to worship. And so this is very pretty basic stuff, but if we got a hold of it, we could dethrone a lot of demonic works, right? In our home, in our community, in our nation, we could begin to, to break down the strongholds that are over our cities. And, uh, and I just want to admonish you all to, to begin to worship individually in your home. 
wherever you are. Just worship. Just send a worship up to God. Just send a, a praise up to him over your circumstances. Begin to thank him that he's your God. Begin to thank him that he's over all. He's in charge. You're in charge, God. I give this situation to you. I give my home to you. Create an atmosphere in your home. And and watch God work. Even on unbelievers in your home. Because God, he came right to Lydia's household. And delivered her household because she was a worshiper. Because she prayed. So I'm going to encourage you to enter into that. And begin to daily. Uh, just begin to worship and and uh, see what God does. Just and, and the main thing you get is Him. Uh, you know, Abraham uh, asked God, "God, when are you going to give me an heir? You promised this." And God said to him, "Abraham, I'm your exceeding great reward." And that's what we get when we worship. We get to know him. We get to know him intimately. Just a little at a time, begin to do it. Just a little at a time. And just let the Holy Spirit minister and help you with it. That's what he's there for. I want to tell a story about, and and the powerful, powerful thing that happened uh, with this woman. Now, this is in uh, Luke, I think it's the seventh chapter. It's the story of the sinful woman. And uh, and a lot of theologians say it was Mary Magdalene. Y'all are familiar with Mary Magdalene. She was uh, a prostitute. And uh, she had a demonic. She was possessed by the devils. Seven devils. It says that Jesus cast them out of her and freed her. from from And he delivered her from that. She became one of his closest followers. You know, we hear... We hear about the disciples, but there are women that were, that supplied him. You can read this in the word. They funded his ministry. Women funded his ministry. Women that served him. Women that went to him with the cross when the, to the cross when the disciples left. All except for John. Women, and this one in particular, woman, was at the first to see Jesus, the resurrected Lord. So this, once again, this is, this is Jesus who he chose as his bride. This is, these are who he chose, these women and men. I'm not leaving the men out, <laughs> but I'm just talking about the women because we're all women here. But this woman went into the house of the Pharisees. Now, I, I, you got to see what she walked past to get there. She was a scorn woman. She was a known prostitute. Uh, <clears throat> and she walked past. She went in. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus was at the table in the Pharisee's house. See, that's what Calen was saying. The Lord was present. She wasn't going to let anything keep her from her Lord who had set her free and she had an offering to bring to her Lord. And she was, she was grateful. She stood at his feet behind him. She, she brought an alabaster box full of fragrant oil, stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears 
and wiped them with the hair of her head. She kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, the Pharisee, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, he'd know who that is and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she's a sinner. Well, Jesus knew their thoughts. And so he began to say, um, who's forgiven more was going to be more grateful. And she had been forgiven much. And she was, uh, she went, she walked past her shame. She walked past religion. She walked past her past, past her failures. And she went before the Lord to give him her worship. Now that was spiritual warfare at its finest. And, uh, you know, she walked up that mountain of suffering love because she had to lay down her life to do that. She had to give herself up, her shame, her past, everything that she had been through. She, Her gratitude and her love superseded it all. She was determined to get to her Lord and to express her worship. And so... She walked through the religious spirits that told her she wasn't worthy. Um, they were all scorning her. They knew her past. And some of them may have been even using her as a prostitute. Who knows? But she walked past her shame. She walked past her fear. And she came and anointed her Lord, his feet. And the act of taking her hair down was considered a seductive act then. All of those things were not in that culture permissible. But Jesus recognized her. And he recognized her as the bride-to-be. And he says to her, Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. She loved much, but whom to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this that even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So I want us to consider this morning as we get ready for worship. They're back there. (laughs) I want us to consider that whatever it is that may be holding you back, and I believe we we got a lot of freedom this morning. It was wonderful. But whatever it is, it is that might be holding you back, step out, walk past it, and go to be with your, go to worship your Lord and Savior. Go to worship him. Open your heart. Show him your love. Pour out your love. It's like the fragrant oil coming up as incense before God. Pour out your love to him this morning. And we are going to warfare this morning. We're going to warfare with our praise and worship. Because we are lifting God up. He's on the throne here. He's on our throne, right? And we're going to lift him up. 
and we're going to worship him and we're going to watch the demonic strongholds go down. Just present anything you have to the God and say, you're God in this situation. You're God. You're going to take care of this, Lord. And just present it while you're worshiping. And and come past your fears, your shame, whatever it takes. I think we had a major breakthrough this morning in our worship, but God's not through with us. And he wants to show us more of himself. Hallelujah. He wants to, he wants to free our homes, ourselves, from every work that would hinder us from receiving everything that he's got. So let's all stand. Hallelujah. Turn it over to our praise team. Let's give them a hand. A crazy. Come on.